Do you know? Do you know? Sorry, just to stop you there. What I, you know, what my actual thought pattern was there. I was thinking, I hope this is about fantasy football and not fashion. That's how low. That's how low you brought me. I don't. I didn't even think about this. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a love. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. Welcome to Aston Villa, you and I, Emery, welcome back, soft hands, madman Emmy Martin is, <laughs> welcome back to the finest meat grinder, Matt Cash, like the, the mincing machine is back, <laughs> welcome back fleet footed Konza, the pest of the Tyrone Mings, I hope my voice comes back here as well somewhere along this podcast, welcome to the club. Luca Dean, we heard so much about this Luca Dean at Barcelona, at France, at Everton. Welcome back, Gadget Man Dundonker. That's a good boy, Dougie Louise. <laughs> Welcome back, JJ fucking Ramsey. God, I love it when JJ Ramsey plays some big boy football. Like, I think it's the best thing about football. Another par for the course for the man who scores in every game, the greatest winger in the world, Leon Bailey. Nothing new there for his shift, and thanks for the shift, all action, Emmy Buendia, and welcome, oh my god, welcome back, Ollie Ollie Watkins, one of the most effective lone strikers on his day, the most honest footballer every day, and here's the thing, I've just gone through the players, Aston Villa have a good team. <laughs> we are not crazy. And you and I, Emery, took three sessions, three sessions to bring it out. What a fucking day. We were brilliant. We, like, as an entire club, I mean, you've gone through it there. But also the atmosphere was electric. The, the manager's personnel choices, the setup, the encouragement, and the confidence that he gave to the players. And then... The performance of the players, how quickly they responded to the manager's three sessions, how <laughs> clinically they fucking executed the game, plan to just execute a really dreadful Man United, if we're being honest. Yeah. I mean, you can't turn up to Villa Park with Donny van der Beek in your midfield and Cristiano Ronaldo as your fucking captain. Ronaldo <laughs> walked out of the stadium during a game two weeks ago and he's leading your team out this time. Van der Beek has never turned up to a fucking game. And he's linking your midfield and your forward line. He couldn't link fucking arms at a Cayley. Whenever, whenever we beat Man United last year, I think I excitedly proclaimed that Dean Smith was a was a fan of roller coasters because of the the risks we were taking in that game and the excitement, the twists and the turns. This was more like sex, Conan. I mean, the, the excitement, the twists, the turns, they were all there, but nobody felt like they might fucking die. There was absolutely, there was absolutely no danger. We hammered them. We had so much control that game. It was amazing. You could do was talking to Louis Van Gaal about the joys of sex with a bit of danger, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of danger in it because that man is a man of the world. But you're right. Like it, it, it was as good as that. It was as good as everything that you're describing there. It was the first result that we've had since November. 2021 like our first big notable result that we're going to look back on we all remember Courtney House's header we all remember Martinez's dance at Old Trafford we're going to remember this now not not just for the result not not just for the win 
for fucking ripping through Man United. We ripped through them and we they got a jammy goal. They got such a jammy goal to get back into it and we stepped it up again. And Unai Emery has come in and for the first time in 27 years, we've beaten Manchester United at home at Villa Park. And like you just said, the place was rocking on its hinges. It was uh, it, it was just a joy, to be honest. I mean, like, we were well 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 owed a day like that and i am going to take great pleasure now in going through every <laughs> single one of these goals because the first one i said welcome back that ollie Watkins, the Watkins that we know and love the Watkins that everybody would forgive anything that he did if he keeps bringing this every day because just playing the ball and then he holds it up he holds boys off he cuts inside he doesn't he never panics like do you know the way some people get the ball and they feel like Oh God, I've been on it five seconds now. I really should do something. <laughs> Watkins doesn't do something until the right thing appears. So he just holds on to the ball until everybody else gets forward. And they all got forward. Bailey went, Ramsey went, Cash went. Thankfully, he ignored Cash and he played it to Ramsey. <laughs> and then Ramsey ignored Cash and he played it to Bailey. And the thing about Ramsey's pass to Bailey might have looked simple enough, but he just did it. He did it straight away. Like That really showed that Villa were... On top of it, it was intense. They were moving things quickly. Bailey got it. One good touch, one fucking fierce strike, and we are on the way. It's one of the best goals I can remember seeing, honestly. I mean, we we had we strung together a lot of passes in the build up to that, and a lot of them a lot of them were across the back four, which we often complain about. But the ball was going back in pursuit of going forward at every stage. I mean, we were we were restarting, trying again. And at all times trying to get it forward into feet. But when it was on, that was the key thing. We were keeping possession yeah. with purpose. Like I, I can't believe I'm saying that about Martinez, Conza, Mings, Doggy. Like I could fucking cry thinking about it. <laughs> and then when it finally gets into Watkins, yeah, he takes fucking Lindel off for a stroll with his fucking zimmer frame. Like, get a bit of fresh air in these long stretch his legs. <laughs> and it's, it's a good ball fizzed into JJ. You can't really give him a bad ball though, if you're being honest. He takes a touch, looks at Bailey and says, what the fuck are you doing here? Bailey remembers he's one of the best wingers in the world and he hasn't scored his customary goal yet, so he goes. And it's an easy, it's an easy ball for someone like JJ. And then Bailey also remembers that David Head doesn't know he's allowed to use his hand, so he just places it in the bottom corner. Absolutely ruthless. It was ruthless is a good way to put it. And straight away, like I think this Villa team should really lean in to... To, to this type of momentum I know we're very critical of them that they it's shit or bust is a, is a term that we would have used too often especially in the last year but it is a good thing when they get a goal their tails do go right up and it's going to be Unai Emery's job and it, to be honest it's sort of bore for it today to to stop the momentum in the other direction when the other team gets a bit of luck but Villa are a ruthless attacking team they're a dangerous attacking team and they can come at you in different ways and Teams do tend to buckle when Villa have a run at them. And we, again, we haven't seen it too often, but when we do see it, it's electrifying. And you can imagine, imagine a United fan who hasn't seen Villa all season. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be coming away from that being like, fuck me, that's, that's some team there. Like they really are a good team. And and then they just they just put their foot on their throat for the next few minutes and ran, like everybody pushing up, everybody ahead, ahead of their man, trying to intercept the ball. Ramsey gets in, wins it, wins a free kick. And then, look at Dean, plants a free kick. I, I asked a question a few weeks ago, when was the last time 
we hit a free kick directly <laughs> in to the net. And there we go. There it is. Look at him. Yeah, second assist for Jacob Ramsey. I'm claiming it. He'd be caught. <laughs> <laughs> Caught Luke Shaw napping and threw a fucking bucket of water over his face. I mean, I, I, I think you said after the Brentford game, it's it's just good to know you're not mad. And how many times have we watched Dougie continue fucking John McGinn smash a free kick into the wall and ask, can we give Luke Adina go for fuck's sake? <laughs> We've all seen him do this. Surely he can do it for Aston Villa as well. And lo and behold, the first chance he fucking gets, he puts it into the top corner from a ridiculous angle as well. I mean, this is the one time we'd be thinking, maybe hold off here, Lucky. You shouldn't be spanking that from there. But no, fucking let him shoot every time there's a free kick. Yeah. I mean, you said Jacob Ramsey gets the assist. Somebody else is laying serious claim to that assist, and his name is Emmy Martinez. But um, we're going to come back to his role in that free kick later on because pretty much thanks to Emmy Martinez, the Shithousery Award is back with a bang this week. So I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into that in the awards categories. But United then, this was the annoying thing. Villa were by far the better team. And then Shaw just has a shot. Like, it, it was that bad. I, I was so proud of Villa during this play because United had pushed up, they had a bit of territory, but everyone was tuned in, everyone was working hard, and then Luke Shaw just throws a leg at it, it was a Matt Cash type of shot, it was like, oh, we're not getting through here, I'll just I'll just hit this and hope something happens, and it hit off JJ's earth and it went into the top corner and in fairness, I feel seen because Brendan got straight on this on Twitter and said he's blaming the Villa podcast for that goal because Emmy Martinez, who obviously must listen to the podcast has since stopped since we said it last week, is stop practicing saving deflections. <laughs> and if he didn't stop that practice, then you know maybe he might have done something about that shot. But it was just a real stroke of luck. Yeah, it's an absolutely terrible goal from United. I mean, I was playing a game on Tuesday night, and I I read a back post like a, a back pass, like a fucking open Margaret Weiss Brown book, and I tried to intercept it. My touch was so bad, I ended up poking it past the keeper and I would have preferred if we just chalked it off to be honest it was pathetic it was embarrassing <laughs> and that's the le- that's the level this goal was at I mean Dallo overhits a cross that he was panicking about getting into Ronaldo and I'm sure he got a paddling for it after the game as well and then Van de Beek just lets the ball hit him on the face and amazingly that doesn't work then the ball finds its way out to Luke Shaw's trusty left foot and to give to give the United backline a chance to reset, he's just smashing it into the crowd, but he even gets that wrong, and he's completely sliced it into Jacob Ramsey, and he reveals this fucking phobia of spinning balls. I mean, a space fiend mobile must have fallen on top of him when he was lying on his cot or something when he was a baby. Maybe his parents just have slanging matches when he was a, when he was watching the Harlem Globetrotters and it all came flooding back to him in this moment. I don't fucking know. What I do know is that if Luke Shaw is lining up a shot from there, you don't turn your back in it. You don't try to get out of the way of it unless you're going into a position to take a fucking quick goal kick from Emmy Martinez. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He's got evidence to suggest that he's just, just going to put his foot through it and see what happens. And What happened this time is he won the lottery. But I think we were all probably expecting that a long second half didn't deserve to be in this position. But here we are, and we got a lift. We got a lift again from from the team. Whatever happened at halftime, it, it worked. We came back out. We... we we cut ourselves back. Like we stayed tight, we absorbed a bit of pressure, and then when we got the opportunity, we bloody went because Emmy Buendia starts off doing a lot of really good work at the edge of the Villa box. He's 
he's pressing out. He, he's he's rat ratting around really, like he's just being a little rat in there. And <laughs> as Villa pushed the ball up the pitch, there's no real counter attack on. Ollie Watkins is lurking around, so people like Lindelof are freaking out. <laughs> pretty shit header that they're they're heading clear. And Emmy Bundia is the one chasing back up to intercept that header, and he gives it to Watkins, who just goes for a run because. This is the sort of mood Ollie Watkins was in. He went for a run again down the left. He gets turned. But like it's it's great to see that Jacob Ramsey really did absorb absorb the lesson that Unai Emery taught him of arriving late when he arrived late to Aston Villa as a club as a club manager on one <laughs> And we said that the whole lesson here was about his midfielders arriving late in the box. And that's what Jacob Ramsey did. But Jesus, the United players were really lazy. I don't think Jacob Ramsey will ever have as much space and ease, like ease to arrive into the box. And I mean, once again, like once he's arrived into the box, we have more, another example of a goalkeeper just rooted to the spot as Jacob Ramsey hits it first time right into the top corner. Yeah, Watkins does, does brilliantly initially to get enough pressure on to allow a press to start and Buendia... When it comes to him, he plays the right pass and he plays it early, but he also plays it really badly. But it gets there and it's fine because Watkins can't believe his luck when he looks up and he sees that fucking Lindelof hasn't gone for a sit-down and a cup of hot cocoa yet. And <laughs> he does the right thing, obviously. He just runs at him. And, and then he makes the easiest decision of his life in choosing to give it to JJ in the middle of the box. Yeah. And you're saying lazy for Man United. It's disrespectful as well. Jacob Ramsey's running into your box. Get on fucking red alert and try to cut this out because we all know how this ends. Or you fucking shoot. Yeah. And ended emphatically. Another one where like the net lifted up off the ground at the, the bottom part of the net just went up with the balls. It rose everything. Rose everybody off their, off their feet as well. It was it was brilliant stuff and a fitting way to see Ram at home. Ram home were dominance and to re- reassert the two-goal lead, which Villa fully deserved. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. couple more talking points at the top of the show. Cristiano Ronaldo did look a bit guilty, didn't he? <laughs> he? He definitely was worried about what VAR would pick up after his 
altercation with Tyrone Mings. I mean, he's just being a bit thick here. Like people, we've seen Ronaldo when things aren't going his way. Like, well, we've seen him walk out of the stadium, but he, does, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like it when things aren't going his way, and I, I call Tyrone Mings a pest. And again, that's a compliment when Mings is at his best. That, that's what he is. Like he's just, he's he's, a, he's like a flyover shit. You just can't get rid of him. And he's just he's just letting Ronaldo know he's there. Like Cash has already blocked the cross coming in, and Mings just gets a hand on him to say you're you're going nowhere, pal. And Ronaldo reacts very petulantly, and he he grabs him by the neck, and they're both tussling, and he throws him to the ground. And I don't think there was anything in it to warrant a, a red card, but just another example of how rattled United were. Yeah. I- the way he the way he grabs Mings's neck though, you know, it's he's going in almost with a closed fist. I mean, you get the wrong referee and the wrong VAR there, and and Ronaldo would be sent off, and he wouldn't really be able to say a whole pile about it. I'm sure he would hold his face and shake his head with a rueful smile <laughs> if he was a if he was sent off. But it would have been completely fine. It would have been justified. It would have been violent conduct. And I always wonder: should we introduce a fining system? whenever Villa players don't do the type of thing that Tyrone Mings did here today. Because this is just, this is here every game. There are so many combustible losers on the pitch in every <laughs> match. And you have to know who they are. And you have to take advantage of that. Like Tyrone Mings, Ronaldo is so angry. So Tyrone Mings is exactly the right thing. He just continues to hold on to him. Yeah. And you're just, wait, you're just waiting for Ronaldo to swing out, to kick, to do something stupid, to get himself sent off. And we've talked about Ashley Young being brilliant at it as well. You know, whenever someone's pissed off and you just keep touching them in the chest, they'll yeah. get angry. Some of them will swing a punch. Like, you know, Granite Jacka, that's how you get him sent off. You get him angry, you be winning the game, and eventually they'll do something fucking stupid. Ronaldo has to be got at every game. Bruno Fernandes has to be got at every game. There's loads of players just lying around the Premier League that you can easily get sent off or at least get booked. And then hopefully they'll do something stupid later on again because they're so angry and so lacking in control of their emotions. Yeah. Emmy Martin has wanted some anyway. He went straight out to the referee and started appealing to him. Like, are you not going to do anything about this? And most importantly, Emmy Martin has caught the corner then that came in. Like, that was real, <laughs> a real quashing moment then as well of that flashpoint. And the crowd loved it because obviously everybody was a bit more intensified having, having watched what happened. And then people... You know, obviously didn't see it, but they all felt a bit aggrieved that once the VAR decision said it was it was over, that was it. But there was another another incident with um Lissandro Martinez on Bailey. The speed of Bailey is incredible. Like it it it, it came from so wide. He was coming in from infield and he was able to get in front of Martinez, but somehow run to the other side of the ball and then at a second attempt accelerate again and get in front of Martinez and get to the other side of him and Martinez is trying to block him out the stage and he elbows him twice really like not again it's like oh, where's the line it's it's not I, I, I don't know how to, this is the problem now if you start getting into a rule book or getting into you know, what what really constitutes violent conduct he, conduct he shouldn't do it and it's not really forceful but he's, he's elbows him twice it's really stupid if Douglas Ruiz did that for example we would be here saying <laughs> What's he doing? Why is he putting himself in that position? Didn't need to do it. It's it's so silly. And you know, we, we heard the words and we heard it after the Ronaldo thing. We heard it after a few different things and we hear it all the time. The check is complete. Well <laughs> it isn't, is it? Like you know, the, the check is very much incomplete. We're just moving on anyway. That's what happens. Like we haven't we haven't completed the check. We've just decided that we're not going to continue checking and that's it. The game moves on, the world moves on. 
Yeah, you asked there what what would happen if Douglas Louise did it. We all know what would happen if Douglas Louise did it. He would get sent off. There's there's no question about it. You're right, there's not much in it. But he throws his elbow back. I counted three times, and I think the middle one was the worst. Bailey definitely dives for the third one afterwards to try and emphasize the fact that he's been elbowed in the stomach three times. Yeah. And they are checking. What are they checking for? And you can't elbow someone. I don't care how little Forster is behind it. He's not even beside the ball either. This is the really annoying thing as well. The ref has to give a free kick there because he's not playing the ball anymore. The rule is you have to be able to control the ball. Martinez has ran away from the ball and run into Bailey. And while he's doing that, he's swinging his fucking elbows as well. It's horrible. <laughs> really annoying thing about Lissandro Martinez that whole game was Lee Hendry. Lee, Lee Hendry was late getting on this afternoon. I'm fucking sure of it. Because I can just imagine he's down there in the tunnel trying to get Martinez's autograph, give him a hug, lick his sweat. I don't know. I can, I can see him getting home and his wife saying... Where have you been? You're in that fucking tunnel again, weren't you? Don't lie to me. I can smell them on you. It was mad. <laughs> he was obsessed with the fact that he couldn't time a fucking tackle, so he had to be tough and yeah. always smash into people and repeatedly get away with obvious fouls because he's unfathomably short and couldn't possibly be hurting anyone. He just gets away with it. I mean, if Tyrone Mings was doing what Martinez was doing, he would have been arrested. I mean, the <laughs> whole game. I don't just mean this Bailey incident. Martinez was a scumbag today. Like, and you know, do you know the way refs meet up every once in a while to talk about trends and things to look out for? Well, there's going to have to be a presentation about Lissandro Martinez. <laughs> it won't be a very fucking long one. It'll be a one-slide presentation. It'll be a picture of Martinez with the word cunt across the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty nice place to leave it before we go into WhatsApp winges. I'm going to talk a bit more about Anthony Taylor when we get to WhatsApp winges, so we'll see you there. Per Matt Cash, I thought Matt Cash was absolutely brilliant today. We're going to come back to him in the Vimin meter, but Matt Cash, even though it's such a fantastic event today, was not just a, a good performance, it was... um. Just, I was going to say once in a lifetime event. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not once in a 27 year event. But um, Matt Cash has been fine two weeks' wages because he um, ju- he just had another right wing shot. I don't want to say it was on the sideline, but now, like, you know, posterity is remembering us for me with Matt Cash taking these shots that he's never going to score. It's, it's pushing him, it's pushing him into the stands now when he's hitting the shots. That's- <laughs> That, that's how I'm starting to see it. He just winds up. And it's I think it's when we're going good and we've got loads of options and boys are having a little bit of interchange. United are... Usually what happens is United are scrambling back and somebody does a half clearance and it comes in match cash and he just fucking balloons it up over the bar. So like that has to be a fine every time that happens. And uh, it hasn't been fine for this yet. But a foul <laughs> throw? A, what, like, what's happening there? A foul throw? <laughs> yeah, do you ever worry about Matt Cash's family? I mean, when, when was the last time this lad brought home a pay packet? And you're, <laughs> you're you're finding him two weeks' wages this week, so that's that's he's eating on these savings. <laughs> I mean, he can't even keep both feet on the ground, and I I don't mean figuratively. I definitely don't mean figuratively. Imagine getting so excited about getting Bailey boxed into the corner flag that you forget how to take a throw in. This is yeah. really worrying, and this is our set piece specialist as well. This is our throw-in weapon, Matt Cash. <laughs> and sorry, I said at the top of the show there as well that the atmosphere was amazing, and you know you'd have to thank the fans for that. But I I can't be associated with a fan base who shouts shoot at Matt Cash <laughs> when he's thirty yards out 
at an angle and having to run around the ball as well. I mean, he was running yeah. backwards by the time they were shouting, shoot. Like, any, any more of this nonsense and I'm going to have to cut them off. Like, I'll be blanking them in the streets. Liam, it's <laughs> us the whole thing. Don't you remember us? <laughs> we were all having a laugh today, but fucking hell. Don't take it too far. On the Fozcast, Matt Cash was... <laughs> Matt Cash was talking about his career and it really did just it it sort of came out of nowhere. Not not that he didn't have any talent or anything, but the the speed of it from like seventeen to nineteen, Matt Cash went from having a job uh, in a real t- a retail shop. He was a retail worker to playing for Nottingham Forest in the championship. It, it just the, the ascension was so quick; it was meteoric, and in a way. So I think it's really endearing part of Matt Cash, but also I, I think I look at him through this prison now sometimes where I wonder, does he know all the rules sometimes? Or is he, you know, <laughs> has he been completely immersed? You know, a lot of these players come through from when they're four, five, six in these academies and, and they all know the rules and they all know the right thing to do in every situation. And this is the endearing part of Matt Cash. I like it that he's just out there running up and down the flank and he's, you know, he's playing... He's playing as a winger one day and then he's playing fullback and another day he was centre midfield for a while at Forest and he's just playing football, he's just enjoying himself. But this is the problem you're saying about his family not getting to eat because he's not being paid. <laughs> <laughs> this is then what happens when he's having this much fun. It's, it's just it's a bit too reckless and he needs to start thinking about the bottom line every once in a while now. Yeah, you're you're gonna need to get onto a guidance counselor to talk about your career because that's like a fucking meteor crash into earth. The amount of times direction this is taken with the amount of reviews you give in the Fozcast on your own <laughs> fucking podcast. The only other player being fined a week's wages is Emmy Martinez, who I also thought was good today. But in the 59th minute, he just flowed at one. Out of play, he found touch, and he was trying to find Matt Cash. He was trying to find that really shit pass that, when he does keep it in play, is terrible because he's just planting it on the crown, the crown of our fullback, and uh, he just hit it into the stands. And the annoying thing about that was Ronaldo was just trudging over. Ronaldo was making a half-hearted gesture to say, "I'm closing down the keeper," and as soon as he did it, Demi Martinez just stuck his foot underneath it and watched that bad boy fly. Yeah, it's weird. He fucking loves it as well. And I, I don't know what it is he's getting from it, what sort of gratification he's getting from it, because it's not gratifying anybody in the stands, except for maybe the person who gets to touch the same ball that Emmy Martinez touched. <laughs> but it's fucking pathetic. And it would nearly make you wonder, should we continue doing the podcast? Because Emmy Martinez clearly isn't listening to it yet. Because <laughs> if he was, he wouldn't be fucking continuing with this nonsense. Yeah. Well... Emmy Martinez is the subject of the first WhatsApp whinge. And before I did about a half hour's research, I wrote this down thinking, Emmy Martinez is going to get a suspension purely of five yellow cards for time wasting five times. Like, <laughs> that's going to happen. And I, when he, when he got a yellow card today, I had a look. I was like, is he, is he suspended now? Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's number four now. And I looked at it and... He's got one yellow card this season. <laughs> that can't be right. Like, it, surely everybody is with me and thinking that that that's the fourth time at least that Emmy Martinez has been caught out for time wasting the season. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not lady. Whenever he was booked, I was waiting for the the graphic to yeah 
come up and show me, you know, and spin the yellow card around to tell me how many yellow cards that has been. But then, you know, of course, the match wasn't being broadcast in the UK. We don't need to talk about that. I mean, The Athletic talked about that for about four and a half pages of an article <laughs> last week. But I was absolutely baffled, baffled to find out that it was his first yellow card. I, ca- I cannot believe that. It doesn't seem to make any sense. It can't possibly be true. What the fuck are the referees doing? The second WhatsApp winch. Why did we want to keep possession with no time left before the halftime whistle? <laughs> we were in a really good position, so whatever time of the game, that would have been really annoying anyway. But we knew it was also over. It was over time. It was over stoppage time in, in the first half. And and the boys work it back out into Dougie and into the knocker and the whistle goes. I was like, what was that? Why did someone have a shot? Give us something to to look at for the next for the last two seconds it really was half a shot time wasn't it it was it was ridiculous and there was about two or three people who had a decent enough opening where he might as well have just spanked it and they definitely should have spanked it because the whistle's about to go and like i always say having a shot on goal you're more likely to score than rolling the ball back 10 yards to leander den donker sick of saying <laughs> that actually <laughs> you've already touched on the third whatsapp winch but it is worth revisiting how did they land on Van der Beek? <laughs> Where did that come from? Because like, I, I I forgot he was still at United. I was wondering. I saw a picture of him and El Ghazi at Everton the other day, and I thought, is he still? <laughs> <laughs> is he still knocking around Everton? I, I don't know. But it, and remember the story going around about um, Unai Emery, where he was so confident in the system that he he rolled the dice to pick the the team just to show the team. You know, you're all going to play in these random positions based on the dice, but it's going to work because everybody knows the job. The system will definitely beat that team. Does Eric Ten Hag think he's created that system already <laughs> at Man United? Because I have to say he hasn't. Eric Ten Hag has done really well with the players he has, but it is not so bulletproof that he can just drop Donny van der Beek into a Premier League match and think he'll get away with it. Yeah, and people have been feeling sorry for van der Beek because of the lack of game time he's gotten. But with every minute he was on the pitch there, I was feeling worse for him, to be honest. I mean, I was feeling I was feeling nauseous. It was like an episode of The Office. And don't get me wrong, I did think this was hilarious as well. But it also made me feel physically sick. <laughs> the fourth WhatsApp winch. Anthony, nah, Taylor. <laughs> Not for me, lads. Not for me. What was that about? Like, Anthony Taylor decided that he wasn't going to blow anything for a while, and then he then did that that thing that's the most frustrating thing any official could ever do is, I now have to start to even this game up. Like, you know, the, the, the narrative is United are two down, and it's obviously United is the narrative anyway in, in the main media circles, so it's just going to be interesting now if we can try and get United back up the pitch and help them, help them on their way up the pitch, and no matter how much help he gave them, and he gave him a lot of help, uh, they, they didn't take advantage of it. And any time a Villa player was just pushed over with two hands or tripped, or it was just, nah, not for me. Referees are, are required to be impartial. People from Manchester support or have friends and family who support Manchester United, and there's a high probability that they could exhibit bias in favour of Manchester United. Anthony Taylor is from Manchester. <laughs> Today's game between Aston Villa and Manchester United was poorly refereed by Anthony Taylor. These are just some thoughts that I have about today's game, and I haven't really 
ordered them in my head or thought about them fully. I haven't I haven't tried to draw any conclusions. I'm not sure if there is any connection, much in the same way that Anthony Taylor was never sure if there was any connection between the Sandro Martinez's foot, fist or elbow and the Aston Villa forward thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad day at the office for him. Um, and another bad advertisement for let it flow. You know, let, let it flow until there's a foul. That's my attitude. <laughs> uh, the last WhatsApp point, I don't think you're going to like this one. Um, if you didn't like me bringing up the Fozcast, you won't like me bringing this back up. But do you know all I want at the minute, anyway, as an Aston Villa supporter, is to get to a stage where Jack Grealish... <laughs> Do you know? Do you know? Sorry, just to stop you there. What I, you know, my actual thought pattern was there. I was thinking, I hope this is about fantasy football and not fashion. That's how low. That's how low you brought me. I didn't, I didn't even think about this. <laughs> Jack Grealish feels so unthreatened by Aston Villa that he he thinks he can like all our social media posts. <laughs> I get it, you know, it's fine. I, you know, he, he loves the club. He, he spent his whole life there. He supports them still. I want Aston Villa to get to a stage where he thinks it's not okay anymore. Like, that he doesn't feel comfortable to like every single thing. Even when Aston Villa win, Jack Grealish isn't liking it. I mean, like, the comparison I'm thinking of is, imagine Villa took the same trajectory as Newcastle this season. And that's not... That wasn't beyond the realms of possibility. Like that, that could have happened, especially after fourteen games. See, he he wouldn't he wouldn't be doing that now because suddenly it's like oh, this team or this team are more serious and I, I like they're they're not on my radar. I can just like everything. Good for them. Fucking patronizing. It's really like I don't mind him loving the club, but I need to get I need Villa to get to a competitive stage where he thinks like I can't be seen to be doing this anymore. Yeah, well, he's got fuck all else to do with his time as well, I suppose. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> to fill his days somehow but the other thing is as well with the directory of his career and this directory of our club those two things are going to become a lot closer very soon Conan. so we will be thinking Aston Villa or Fred but not necessarily unfortunately because we're going to be catching up with Man City because yeah. he's going to be dropping back down maybe maybe I'm just projecting because my voice currently sounds like Jack Grealish when he says <laughs> fucking armor on <laughs> Anyway, we'll leave that there and we'll come back with some awards. You mean it's like a fucking excited dog? Doggy Louise. There's no point in all fucking three running over the ball. It's like someone, someone has to kick it. I honestly don't think Doggy knows what, what routine is being called. Doggy Louise. You know, he was like a fucking excited dog. Like, just just happy to be there. McGinn and Bundia run over the ball and fucking Doggy comes bounding in. What, what are we doing, guys? Running over the ball, is it? Oh, that looks like fun. Oh, you guys are the best. Do- Doggy should have spent the next 20 minutes licking his neck, snapping at his ankles, humping his leg. Yeah. Like a good boy. Like, <laughs> No, where are you going? You're the last one. You have to hit it. That's a bad doggy. 
The Ronnie Rosenthal Award, that is where we're going to start. And thankfully, we were more prolific than we were wasteful today. <laughs> Which is interesting, isn't it? Like, we look very exciting, but we didn't have a lot of... Like, we looked very exciting throughout, but there wasn't a lot of wastage. Um, the, the biggest one that I can remember was early on. Leon Bailey was a bit slow to look up. Jacob Ramsey was inside. Oh. There was... Like, the Donker maybe was the edge of the box. Maybe that's why he didn't play it to him. <laughs> and he gave it to... <laughs> Give it to Buendia then, who just wrapped one around the post. But it was just a bit slow to get that out of his feet or get his head up. I don't know what his problem was. Yeah, when, when Craig Butler was writing his love poem to Leon Bailey, one of the things he left out was his x-ray vision, which is probably a bit strange because it rhymes with precision and decision and incision and a whole host of other words that could <laughs> well be apt for a poem about the greatest winger in the world. But it's it's mad that he didn't see Ramsey initially, and it's even stranger that when he does finally get his head up, he sees right through Jacob Ramsey. I mean, why has he played that ball to Bundia? It's mad. He's in a worse position, and he's the worst finisher. <laughs> what about Ezri Konza's run in the 87th minute? <laughs> this was really peak Konza. I mean, the only thing there I'm surprised at is that Villa weren't only one goal up and Ezra Kanza decided to go on an adventure. Remember he's done this before where you're a goal up and Ezra Kanza thinks this this player needs a support runner and I need to be that player. I'm fucking gone here. But it was a great <laughs> run in fairness and Ramsey Ramsey pushed it through for him. And in fairness Christian Eriksen, he followed him the whole way and Kanza tried to play it across Kanza tries a little delicate pass inside yeah. to Ingsen and Ericsson blocked it. Ericsson did his job. But Kanza should have just shot. Like he should have just put his foot through it. He, he done the he done the work. It was that late in the game. It was eighty seven minute. You're too far up. You're the centre half. He needs to. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to go dead when you're when you're up. It did in fairness. We got a corner out of it actually, so it wasn't as bad. But he, he deserved a shot at that stage, and he probably had the the better opportunity. Yeah, how many times do I have to say it? If the the pass is as difficult as the shot, have the shot. And if you're a big fucking lumbering centre half who's running at full speed and has just run 70 yards as well, then put your fucking laces through it. Don't be trying to pick out Danny Ings. Don't be picking out Danny Ings ever. But don't be trying to pick out Danny Ings with that type of pass. It was a ridiculous decision. But the best thing about that was the fact that Konza could go. There was no issue with Konza going because the second Konza went, Kamara went backwards. It was incredible. And this is... It was probably the most exciting, apart from beating Man United 3-1, it was probably the most exciting thing about the game was just seeing that little switch, that little bit of intelligence. Because I, I know you're having a laugh there saying Konza season. He's like, I have to, I have to dig this lad out. I have to make a support run. Yeah. It was the right thing to do. There was so much space. The Konza would have been a fool not to run into it. And the, the pass, both passes were on. And it was absolutely brilliant in-game intelligence from Konza and from Kamara. There were great, like it's, it's very early and very naive to look into, you know, when you get six minute clips or three minute clips of, of the Villa training ground and I'm there trying to decipher exactly what you and I Emery is doing. What is his big plan? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there was just one and it's, it's, it's such a simple thing, but not a lot of coaches do it. And it just got me so excited. They were all playing ball. You and I Emery was in the middle of the game. Bang, blows a whistle, tells everyone to stop dead. And he wants them all to have a look around at where the space is, you know, in a defensive shape and in the attacking sense as well. Where's the space? And I was like, 
how low was our bar? But I'm suddenly thinking, oh my god, we've got a manager thinking about space. We've got a manager, <laughs> we've got a manager thinking about attacking space, and a manager thinking about being too open and closing that space. Like, how simple is that? But like, that's what we needed. And that's exactly what we got. Konza saw the space in front of him, and he went. Kamara saw the space that he'd left, and he filled it. Amazing. Yeah. The only other nomination I have is a corner. Dougie, Dougie Louise hits a corner just wide. I mean, he needs to do better from... Wrapped <laughs> it around the post. Didn't even get it on targets. Uh, didn't threaten the hay at all, actually. Yeah, you can't be missing from 45 yards out. <laughs> yeah, the, the winner probably goes to Bailey, though. Never like when Dia missed a chance, but it was Bailey who blew the goal chance, really. Ah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That pass has to go early and it has to go to the right man. Can't be making mistakes like that when you're as talented as Leon Bailey. <laughs> and when you're the best winger in the world. The, John Gregory, if I had a gun, I would have shot him, quote of the week. Uh, this is brilliant. You and I, Emery, after the game, speaking to the Aston Villa. So, look, look at me, look at me positively endorsing the Aston Villa social media. <laughs> this is a new era. But uh, he said, like, it was, a, it was just a lovely interview. Like, the thing I love about you and I, Emery, and this is very early days, but he seems like such a nice man with such conviction in what he wants to do and such a good idea what he wants to do as well. Like a nice man who wouldn't take any shit. It's it's great. But um, and then his quote afterwards. There's so much in this one little quote. He said, "We were so focused in doing our big plan." There we go. Remember, I told you that it didn't even matter that he missed training on Tuesday. It was, <laughs> it was coming in on Wednesday. That's fine. I'm going to tell you what we're doing. I'm going to tell you how we're going to beat United for the first time in 27 years at Aston Villa. Just, just look at the plan, and we'll, and we'll like stick to the plan, and we'll win. So we're so, we're so focused in doing our big plan, and so strong with the support, which is right. Like the that energy feeding off the stadium, the crowd, the players feeding the the crowd. It was, um, it was a real link. And then he said. And then he said, but it's only one game. We have we have to achieve regularity, which he said like three times in the one three-minute interview, and we have to achieve being consistent. And I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's just more a relief than anything, isn't it? Really enjoyed today. I, I enjoyed the build-up to today, knowing that we have somebody thinking about how to create space. And now I'm enjoying... The idea that we have somebody in charge who gets that wouldn't it be nice to do this more often? <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Look at our last four results. Lost 3-0, 1-4-0, lost 4-0, 1-3-1 at home to Manchester United for the first time in 27 years. Yeah, absolutely. That he's completely right. That is what we need. And he is at first glance, Conan, the man to deliver that. And you were saying he, he doesn't he doesn't take any shit. I would say he doesn't have to take any shit. I would say it's very rare. And it's not because he's a nice man. It's because he knows what he's doing. It's because he's a very good coach. It's because he's a very good manager. And that's all people really care about. Your personality then around that doesn't really matter if people trust you, if people can follow you, if people know you know what you're talking about. It brings us on nicely to the Tim Sherwood. We play two number 10s and bamboozled him award. You and I, Emery, is a fan of Ramsey Bull. He, he got Jacob Ramsey straight back in and he got that man firing. It was great to see. Ah, yeah. Like, J- Jacob Ramsey is... Anybody who doesn't like Jacob Ramsey probably doesn't really like football all that much. I mean, he's such an absolute pleasure to watch. 
and he's so young as well that he will obviously frustrate us from time to time. But anybody who thinks he's not going to make it is absolutely insane. He's such a good footballer. He's got so many skills. He's got such a good brain on the ball. He sees space unbelievably. Like he's in the fucking matrix. He's incredible at timing his runs. He's incredible at getting back. He's incredible at knowing when the game needs a bit of energy. The ball at his feet, he knows when to zip it across. He never plays the ball to the first centre half if the ball needs to go to the second centre half. You know that one where people just play it to Kanza so Kanza can play it? Just play it to fucking Mings. Let's get going here. He'll whip it across to Matt Cash. He knows what the game needs at the right time because he's such a smart footballer. And when you add power, pace, and absolutely incredible technique into that, you've got Jacob Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Um, he likes Ramsey ball. Does he hate Coutinho ball? <laughs> Philip Coutinho just not in the squad today. Um, I I don't know if he, he was injured or not, but we haven't like usually you get that information immediately when it's a player of the profile of Coutinho, and never mind the profile, a player who has been playing as often as Coutinho. You would the the team sheet would usually come with a caveat that there's there's injuries. There was no report in the build-up to the game, nothing afterwards. I mean, Coutinho hadn't been playing well anyway, but I thought that he, you know, he was still worth having on the bench. Um, and if he can get back to a standard, which you know, Emery can definitely take him to, then he could still be useful. But yeah, I don't know if this was a big call just to leave him out altogether. If his attitude was bad, I'm just... Um, definitely feeding rumors here now but yeah I, I, I like the big call anyway with no information on it <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't need to get a report about whether or not he was injured we know he's definitely injured between the ears and he hasn't he hasn't played well at all this year I mean if Philippe Coutinho is not making the Aston Villa match day squad that's not the story you'd think it would be because he has been nowhere near the level where he deserves to be a guaranteed person on the bench even that's how far he's fallen this year he's been disastrous yeah the third nomination for the tim sherwood we play two number tens and bamboozled them award that's three nominations oh, well. unbelievable there, there, there's even more but this is the third <laughs> this is the third of five i think but um the this goes the austin mcphee really the center I mean, here we go. <laughs> the second half centre, Bailey and Dougie finally get it right. Dougie stays back this time. Bailey takes it, gives it to Dougie, and then Dougie gives it straight back to him. And this is how Bailey can take it through 11 players. He can take it in a tight space with Dougie wrapping it into him. Bailey, really good turn, good drive, gets a shot on. That's, that, that's good. We've just gotten a shot there from a centre. What did we say last week? Well, sorry, I say we. I mean, you, you nominated last week's disastrous attempt for a we play two number 10s and bamboozled them award. <laughs> what did I say last week? Create a bit of space, suck them in, make it look like you've made a mistake yourself, and then run at them. Yeah, That's exactly what happened. We just took out four other players before we gave it to Bailey. I'm not sure how to feel about the fact that Austin McPhee does listen to the podcast. I mean, it's a... It's a weird mix of feeling honoured, not caring, and feeling guilty. Like, honoured, obviously, because an Aston Villa coach is listening to the podcast, not caring because I have no respect for him, and feeling guilty <laughs> because I've repeatedly stated I have no respect for him. But my respect has grown knowing that despite the constant barrage of criticism, he keeps coming back to the podcast, and he's humble enough to listen, to learn, to adapt. It's great. 
and that's it. Just mini adaptations. They something that almost <laughs> almost worked at St James's Park, and then he just 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 adapted it slightly. And there we go. We get a shot from it. Next time, it might even go straight into the net. But look, maybe this was the maybe this was just to trick people into thinking that we were shite at it as well, because no one was ever going to expect us to try that again after the absolute. Maybe we just <laughs> lost possession against Newcastle intentionally so we could get it right against Man United and punish them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When they saw Dougie and Bailey around the ball, it was like, oh, don't worry about this one. <laughs> Let them have it. Uh, that won't happen again. The fourth nomination, John McGinn came out and didn't take the armband. Has he already made a captaincy choice there? Like, Emmy Martin has kept it normally when McGinn comes on, he takes the armband. Can you imagine if John McGinn was wearing the armband after that performance as well? Imagine if he came out, asked for the armband, and then put in a performance <laughs> like that. Christ almighty, that was absolutely pathetic. He would never have gotten away with that. That, that was like, I can't, on the, today's game was an absolute, like, you know, wall to wall delirium and excitement and happiness. But my God, John McGinn couldn't have put in a worse case for his inclusion in the team the next day out. I'll make one slight pushback for John McGinn, one, one slight case for him, in that he came on and I think he played in three different positions in about 15 minutes. Where he, <laughs> it, uh, it definitely, it was definitely a bad advertisement for John McGinn in the more advanced role, which everybody wants to see him in. Like he just, just started bending over and pushing boys <laughs> reserves, and then chopping it back. He's trying to chop it back into our midfield, and everyone was like, "What the fuck? Why is this come back so sharply like this?" And then they moved him back in the midfield, and then this is actually another nomination. I thought we did end up with a midfield five. Of five centre midfielders in the last ten minutes, and I was like, I like that. It's like that's that's a strong midfielder. We had we had McGinn out in the left, we had Ramsey on the right, and we had Sanson, Dougie, and the Dunker or Kamara at that stage in the middle. It was like, oh, get through that, try that. <laughs> yeah, and as and as part of that five man midfield, John McGinn gave you what he always gives you, was just plenty of energy and plenty of running and plenty of tracking. But yeah, the horizontal nature of his play, he just doesn't look like he's ready for this for this new team. Like he was constantly turning back as if he was playing for Steven Gerrard, you know, looking to give it to Mings to hoist the force. Like, no, John, we're not doing that anymore. Come <laughs> on, we're in a new era here. Yeah. I think the winner is actually, I don't know who deserves the credit here. Maybe it's just Bailey for the technique and Dougie for the fizz pass, but... um. I think the winner is actually just creating a shot from a center. I like that. That is a good improvement. Unironically, it's like that's that's good. I can get on board with that. We've just created an opening from out the worst position in the game, as we called it last week. The, there was only one other thing I noticed in, in this sort of realm of a category is uh, you and I, Emery, went straight off. He looked very happy. I, I really liked, actually, this could be another nomination. The first goal, he went and high-fived everyone in the subs, almost like... None of you are feeling disgruntled today. We're all we're all part of this, and I'm going to make sure that you have to high five me back when things are when the vibes are good. I'm going to lean into it. He waved to the crowd. He gave them the thumbs up. He looked very delighted. He didn't go on hug players or anything. He he went straight off. Maybe maybe that's something I do like as well. You know, let let's get back to any business. We got another game on Thursday, <laughs> but um, didn't you know? Didn't stand around, clap to the crowd or anything. Went straight off. Did did you read anything into that? <laughs> Did I read anything into the manager leaving the pitch after the game had finished? <laughs> not, not, not a whole pile, no. <laughs> the Peter Eichelman, what the fuck award. 
Uh, Donny Van de Beek starting for Man United. <laughs> Third mention in the podcast. If this doesn't win after being brought up three times, <laughs> uh, that was just a very late entrance there. The well, the second nomination, I suppose, is Emmy Martinez. Just does Emmy Martinez have no concept of the speed of Premier League players? Like, <laughs> he almost got caught on his six-yard box with the ball, and again. He, he, he could see the player coming. He had like his foot was ready to go. He was ready to kick the ball, and for some reason, he just doesn't kick it. He just he just delays it very slightly, and that would definitely be the winner if David de Gea didn't actually get closed down. Like, <laughs> at least Martinez just likes flirting with a bit of danger. Maybe he's doing the thing we're talking about from the center. Maybe he's just trying to draw somebody closer to him before giving it to Mings anyway. But um. <laughs> But uh, David the head, it's just he just he just trips over the ball. He can't get it under control, and he gets closed down, and it's almost a goal. Like if that just breaks in a different direction, he's made a fool of himself again in the middle of contract negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> how are those negotiations going? I mean, how how are his team turning up to that? Like I, I know we've taken for three hundred and fifty grand off you every week for the last five years. <laughs> despite this but can we have some more there's no way those negotiations are going to go in David De Gea's favour I think you'll have to take him an 80% pay cut you'd imagine it's absolutely yeah. embarrassing and it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to understand what was worse that that moment of madness that he got away with really really but really really luckily got away with as well I mean that was just a bounce of a ball hitting off somebody's stud and spinning properly for De Gea I mean absolutely got away with it or the fact that whenever Bailey was through and goal, and don't get me wrong, Bailey's finish was really good, but David De Gea just sat down. He just sat down on his arse as a winger was coming in from the left-hand side who's always going to hit it across him. What the fuck was he doing? He was on his line. It's not like he'd come out to him or anything. He decided to try and save a ball by falling backwards onto his arse. Yeah, he loves his feet. Like he's got a foot fetish of of his own. Like for, for, <laughs> for his takes some hours to put on his socks. I'd say, <laughs> but it's it's funny for somebody like that to have such a foot fetish when he he's actually not great with the ball at his feet. Then either it's a yeah, it's it's a weird dichotomy of that with the hairs. The Demi Martinez is Ronaldo not hitting it shithousery award. <laughs> And you wouldn't believe Emmy Martinez is getting nominated a few times here for this. Um, <laughs> Paul got in touch on Twitter to say, "How many different ways can you reinvent shithousery?" <laughs> and like, you know, I, I wonder who will win. And like, yeah, you're right, Paul. Emmy Martinez is winning. It's just a case of for what is Emmy Martinez winning? The first nomination has to be the the headers in the first half. <laughs> what the fuck was this? Like, this was really taking the piss, and it would have been. It would have been hilarious to do it, like when we were three one up with five minutes to go. He just pulls this out in the first half, and he, he does headers. He controls controls it really well on his head, and brings it back into his box. But wow, I, I had no words. <laughs> well, it was fucking. It was Ten Hag that turned this into a circus by starting fucking Donny Van der Beek and Captain <laughs> Ronaldo. The shithousery nomination. <laughs> Ten Hag bringing Van der Beek. In. <laughs> Yeah, you like you don't need to fucking ask Emmy Martinez twice to slap on a bright red wig and a nose. Like he's far too willing to get the juggling balls out. And if Ten Hag's turning up with that team, then Emmy Martinez is going to emphasize how much of a circus he's turned it into. 
Um, second nomination, Martinez for the look at the in free kick. I mean, this is so good. We're talking about psychoanalyzing people and guessing what's going on. There's so many different ways you can look at this Emmy Martinez thing. It's like, was he waving initially? He comes running out. If nobody's seen it, it's it's going to it's going to go viral. It's on it's on Twitter now at the minute. Martinez comes running out to the right wing, sort of, so he can get an angle looking at what Luca Dean's looking at, and he's just waving his hand and pointing. And I was like, is he trying to get the attention of David De Gea? Is he waving to him to try and put him off with with the clown suit that he has on now? <laughs> <laughs> but then you can actually see Tyrone Mings and whoever else is in the wall, the Villa wall are responding to Martinez, and he's actually closing. The, it, it's funny that nobody else can see. You need a goalkeeper to actually point out what goalkeepers don't like. And, I mean, Martinez manages to move them from 70 yards away, move them into a better position, and it's enough to freak David De Gea out, who then runs across to try and get a better angle, runs back, and then steps back across that same direction, and look at Dean just pulls it. It's such a lovely free kick, but he pulls it into that corner as, I mean, Martinez is running back celebrating. <laughs> yeah it's incredible and we all know he's not actually trying to position the Aston Villa players so that they're in a better position for Dean he's he's not trying to get into David De Gea's eye lane he's getting into De Gea's head <laughs> that's <laughs> what this game's about for <laughs> and we were all probably naive to assume he would be happy to see out his career shithousing to protect his own goal or to run down the clock I mean this man was always going to evolve he was always going to get bored back there and when you ask, when you ask a fellow professional why is his more famous teammate not taking the penalty, you're not going to be happy just catching the ball and falling to the ground for the rest of your career, are you? Like calling for the physio isn't going to give you the same rush as telling a fellow professional footballer that you're going to eat him. Like I, I'm, I'm excited, I'm, I'm excited about this evolution, Conor, and it was always coming. But I am a little bit afraid about it as well, if I'm being honest, because I don't know how far he's going to take this. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he joined the wall next time. Like you'll probably fucking you'll probably fucking spoon the lad lying down behind the wall. <laughs> Just whisper gently into his ear, it'll be okay. I I do, I do want to see I mean Martin is now come up for our free kicks. <laughs> just a shit talk. Like just just say to him, Is are you happy with that wall? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that wall's going to... Can you not see the angle look at Dean has here? <laughs> and then Dougie Louise wraps one around. Like, there are so many different ways it can now evolve. But if we're thinking it's going to end at the most extreme mind games, we're wrong because he's already evolved it into physical games now as well as per Alanga, Anthony Alanga. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony Alanga goes through. It's a nice ball from... Was it Christian Eriksen? I'm just going to assume it was Christian Eriksen that the, chipped the ball through for Alanga. Mings is playing everyone on side, and uh, like, <laughs> it's perilous. But Emmy Martinez is off his line really well, bats the ball away with his hand, and then just cleans out Anthony Alanga. He comes flying through him, whacks him in the face after he whacks the ball. There's a VAR check; they can't do anything about it because he hit the ball first. But he knows what he's doing. He went to take him out as well. Probably not the best decision in the world to come out for it and leave the net completely empty. But if you're, I suppose if you're able to take up as much space in this world as Emmy Martinez is, it's probably grand. And I actually was watching that thinking, Emmy Martinez is just taking revenge for our forwards and Puralanga was just the collateral damage here. It was, it was like that time someone tried to break your leg so I completely cleaned the next player 
who got the ball in their team. And me and Emmy know that there are three people on the pitch who referees protect. Little Nats, like Lissandra Martinez, goalkeepers, and really sound lads like me who spend the warm-up having a laugh with the rest, the ref, asking him how his kids are. Just generally being not, not that type of player, you know? <laughs> Nobody's that type of player until they actually do it. So what's the winner here? It is It is mad that there are three, from the one player, three really really strong contenders and I'd actually be happy with any of them winning Martinez doing headers back into his own box Martinez for the look at the in-free kick which is just brilliant mind games and maybe it actually worked really good from an angles point of view too Martinez taking out Alanga like what what three amazing and three completely different examples of shithousery like there's a bit of taking the piss show pony there's a bit of mind games in there and there's a bit of physical shithousery all in one game I suppose we're just going to have to give him an outstanding achievement award <laughs> for an award that's already named after him <laughs> but the winner is Eric Ten Hag for bringing back Donny van de Beek <laughs> the Vyman meter and like you know I feel bad now that we spent so long criticising Matt Cash but uh, Matt Cash defensively is going up on the Vyman meter like the defensive Matt Cash the the meat grinders, I called them. I mean, welcome, welcome to senior football, Garnacho. Like this, this isn't Thursday night Europa ball. No, this is <laughs> this is Villa Park. This is Matt Cash coming in to make mince meat of your legs. Anytime you hesitate, you're getting cleaned. Anytime you try to take him to the line, you're getting blocked. Matt Cash was on it today, and that per young fella got no change out of him. Actually, it's <laughs> I, I, I'm using that term now. Damien got in touch with us, and I think we were watching the same stream on BN Sports. He pointed out that the commentators should be going up for saying uh, Garnacho was not getting any change out of Cash today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cash, Cash was very, very good. It was good to have him back. He hasn't been, he hasn't been absolutely flying the last couple of games since he was coming back from injury. And today was it was a very very easy game for him. United were dreadful. That's always a caveat there, but really hard for the United forwards to get decent possession, especially as well whenever Matty Cash was that close to him, that tight to him, and that willing to mince him. Yeah, uh, Ollie Watkins is back. Is going up. Um, <laughs> great to have that back as well. Back in action. Is there a better back in sport? <laughs> I don't think so. It's just great to see him with his back up as well. He was he was buzzing around the pitch. He was really, really keen to get on the ball again. He just seemed like he was playing with a bit more joy, a bit more freedom. He wasn't trying to snatch at shots the way he is whenever it's going badly for Villa, where he, I don't know, is it he just thinks he has to make the difference himself or something? Maybe it was just because there was more options on the pitch for him as well to actually yeah. pick out players. But he just looked like he was cameraing himself and it, it rewarded him. I'm going to give a little shout out for somebody probably under the radar a little bit. Douglas Louise, just for the consistency that he's been bringing now. So I think he should be going up for bringing that level and continuing to bring it, especially since his contract as well. He's not just happy with what he's gotten now. He's actually stepping up a gear and I love the, the regularity. And I know a certain manager will love that too. And like, um, the Aston Villa fans, you've already praised them and criticised them in the one go for um, telling, encouraging Matt Cash to have shots. Obviously. <laughs> but uh, like they, they were great. They're, they're going up and Mike uh, sent us a message to say that they were chanting in the fifth minute to the United fans, you only live round the corner. 
<laughs> oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Douglas Louise definitely has to go up as well. I mean, it's absolutely incredible how good he has been since he signed his contract. He's done this the wrong way round. <laughs> how the fuck? Based on how he was playing, you'd be absolutely baffled to think that he would get a new contract, a new long-term contract of an unspecified length. But it's insane how good he's become since he got that. Maybe he just needed that little bit of a assurance in his life that things were going to be okay, that he was loved by Aston Villa. But he must have known that. <laughs> maybe maybe David De Gea is using Douglas Louise as a case study. <laughs> now. I'm not playing well, I get it. And you're paying me a lot, I get that too. But if you give me more money and a new improved contract, look, this, this is what I'll do too. I promise I'll step it up. Look, <laughs> with, the, look with Dougie's doing. Um, can I make a case for John McGinn's arse? No, absolutely not. His arse was pissing me off to no end. And it's it, it, just when you think an arse can't annoy you anymore, you see it again. It's like I actually had forgotten about John McGinn. I had forgotten about all his bad habits. I was in such such a state of delirium watching this game and he comes in and the first thing he does is throw an arse into somebody and then play a pass to Manchester United to start yeah. a counter-attack. That luckily Buendia managed to intercept. Imagine intercepting your centre midfielder's pass. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was like the rest of our players were on like they were also tuned in that that it was fine, he got away with it, but everybody was also tuned in to what John McGinn might do next with the ball. <laughs> um, the only reason I wanted to make a case for it was that Casemiro was no match for his arse as well. Like Casemiro coming flying in and McGinn's big arse protecting him. And protected the ball in that instance. And I think I liked it. Uh, we've talked about Lee Hendry, but the commentary team were all over Casemiro as well. It was like, he's just like, you know, a magnet for the ball. Everything he does, it's, it's either tough or pristine and effortless and, like they're losing. They're, they're losing three one. They're getting hammered. What game are you watching? Yeah, they were getting absolutely overrun in midfield as well. <laughs> that, was, that was the weird thing. I I actually thought that on the ball, Casemiro was United's only player that looked like he wasn't shitting himself. So maybe maybe that's what was drawing their eye. I don't know. It certainly wasn't his general play though. Yeah. Um, going down. Like obviously a lot of people are going up. Actually, going up one last one for going up is um. Bubakar Kamara for seemingly recovering from was it an ACL injury? Was I, th- I thought it was a season ender and he's back already before the World Cup. What a hero! It's absolutely incredible. Couldn't have been better time for France as well because Pogba and Kanté are both out yeah. as well. So he might end up going to the World Cup, and it's incredible to come back that quickly. I mean, it was February March we were here whenever the injury first happened. Absolute champion. Um, going down the the United fan I saw taking a picture in the ninety second minute. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> how have you how have you not already gotten your picture like in the last two years, three years, however long you were there? And what, what like why do you want the memento from this game? It's three one, and I'm not lying. At the time he was taking a picture, you could hear the Villa fans chanting, "Your support is fucking shit." I was like, <laughs> there was it was so bad. I was going to say, do you remember at Old Trafford when United were 5 0 down to Liverpool? And like the embarrassing scenes, it was quiet, and the Liverpool fans were chanting always at the wheel. And, <laughs> and there's United fans like who are just beneath the Liverpool fans taking a video of the Liverpool fans, <laughs> trolling them. It's madness. That's all I was about to say as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, going down Ronaldo's free kick theater. I mean, <laughs> think, 
think how much of your life you've spent watching Ronaldo stand over a free kick and it's such a performance in fairness to him. Like it's it's not you could just we all know what's going to happen, so you could just as easily <laughs> like not waste your life being engaged by it, but you do get engrossed. He sells it to you. He, he stands like it's, he does it for a penalty as well because he's doing that to try and make it seem like there's jeopardy here. I might fucking miss this where everybody watch me right now. Like he really packages it so well. He, he's a TV producer. That's what he is. <laughs> he stands over these free kicks. Like, are you watching? Is everybody stopped? Eyes on me, and then he hits it into the wall, and he's been doing that for fifteen years. Yeah, ever since he left United the first time, although sorry, he's only left him once. Um, his free kicks have been absolutely dreadful, and the only time I can remember, I'm sure he scored more, but the only one I can remember, and I'm sure you'll remember it as well, it was to complete his hat trick against Spain. Yeah. You know what was different about that? He just curled the ball into the fucking top corner. <laughs> Instead of being fascinated with this technique that he hasn't mastered. Yeah. Like, when they scored a goal against Portsmouth fucking 15 years ago, yeah. and he's still trying to recreate it. From 40 yards out, though, it was worthwhile hitting it like that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And I, I blame myself for still like stopping. You know, sometimes you might flick through your phone. You might, I was going to say make toast. I didn't make toast, but, you know, sometimes you... <laughs> Sometimes you, you might do something else, but when Ronaldo takes a free kick, you stop to watch. Yeah, you come back into the room. Like, yeah, I, I don't commonly leave the room to to get <laughs> bread based treats, but I mean, you turn up the parties of bread, so maybe you've got a different uh, a different <laughs> relationship with it. Um, and then the last thing going down is probably my fantasy team. I'm expecting to see a big red arrow now yeah. at, the, at the end of this week. Um, I I called out Almiron. I said he was finished. I, I, he scored six goals in six games. It's not going to keep going. He's now scored seven goals in seven games. I didn't take the, the cheap transfer. It was value for money. I should have known that. I should have just done it anyway. I left Leon Bailey on my bench um, along with Andres Pereira. I'm going to get rid of Andres Pereira because he's just annoying me sitting on the bench with all those points. Leon Bailey should have started. That was a bad call. I knew, I knew Leon Bailey was going to cook as well. But the problem is that I thought Haaland was going to get dropped so, or he wasn't going to play, so Bailey would come in. But I don't know what do you think of that. We all we all learn lessons. Apparently, apparently you don't learn the lesson about not bringing up a fantasy <laughs> fantasy football on an actual football podcast. It's it's strange. And whenever earlier on I said I hope he's going to mention fantasy football here over fashion, that was the lesser of two evils. That wasn't a genuine hope. That wasn't something I wanted to start discussing. It was just me saying. If it's going to be fashion, just let it be fucking fantasy football instead, for the love of God. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up fashion. Uh, questions we can't answer, but probably will. Is it too early? I've met the Spanish man on Wednesday, and is I think I might be in love with him already. Is it too early to declare me love for you and I, Emery? And let's, let's, let's be real for a second. I'm actually being serious. He, he nailed the the suit i thought that might not work i said i wanted the tracksuit he got a tailored suit it fitted him well it looked great the the tie was perfect the little blue shirt it was all it was all great and he and to top it all off he had something for everybody it was like a casual sporty but still suave coat over the suit 
Yeah, he really did nail the formation, didn't he? It was the fluidity he had in it as well, and the change in it. It's hard, it's hard to imagine who he might have been taking inspiration from. Was it Ralph Hasenhuttle or was it Arrigo Sacchi? I mean, the Al- the Alpine Klopp had to abandon his four four two just as it was coming back into fashion as well. I mean, he really had to because it was fucking scheme without a blindfold on. But Unai knows what he's at, like you said there. And Ten Hag just hadn't a clue how to deal with it. It was it was actually incredible that he persisted with two midfielders and a lost little Dutch boy trying to stick his finger in a hole in the dike to hold back the fucking floods of Aston Villa players that were just streaming through the middle. Questions we won't answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Enjoy that one. We've got Manchester United now again. And I love going into this game now where... There's no jeopardy. We've played the most important one first. Although it would be nice to have a cup run. It would have been great to have another victory over United. But we've gotten three points in the bag. A massive win. Our first win in a year. And now we can just enjoy this next match. And we've got one more game after that for a World Cup break. And God knows what sort of magic Unai Emery will pull out of his wardrobe during that period. (laughs) (laughs) I did like as well in the first Aston Villa interview he talked about that World Cup break is going to be so important for us. It's going to be great. This this is good. This is a good thing. I'm 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 nailing my colours to the mask now. I am all in on on Unai Emery. (laughs) And thanks very much for listening. Please share it on, subscribe if you haven't and and all the rest, but um, we'll chat to you during the week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.